up, everything? With the Blues largely quiet this week, we'll return to our other favorite pastime, trashing the NHL for being a garbage-pail league. Then we'll hit the rumor mill and talk about whether Tarasenko is on his way out, who might be on his way in, and why, against all evidence to the contrary, Blues fans still seem to think Craig Berube is doing a good job. It's a lot to cover, so let's get started, and let's go Blues! You guys, one cup podcast. It is Friday, July second. I did it. It's did July, it. which means all the free agents were signed yesterday, right, Ian? Correct. And we got none of them. <laughs> no one got any of them. None of them. Yes, they are all holding out. Ah, <sighs> uh, well, this is a week of a lot of a lot of things to discuss. Some of them not fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, the <laughs> NHL is a garbage league. I think the biggest story of the week is the stuff out of Chicago, um, which, of course, you know, uh, involves sexual assault. So I don't know why I laughed, because I'm immature. That's, that's the answer. Because you feel uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, so, you know, if that's triggering for anyone, of course you can skip ahead a bit, but... I do think it's an important story for the for the league and worth talking about on a podcast. So we'll go through the reporting of Rick Westhead, Katie Strang, Mark Lazarus, Scott Powers, um, and all the other people who have covered this story. Um, you know, it's not... These are stories that aren't easy to cover, mm-hmm. aren't easy to get people to talk about. And, you know, source and everything else. And so they're important stories. But the gist of this is basically uh, in 2010, the Blackhawks flew to San Jose before beginning their Western Conference final matchup against the Sharks. Uh, While there, two Blackhawks players accused video coach Brad Aldrich of sexual assault, alleging that he got them drunk and tried to perform oral sex on them. Last month, a former player filed a lawsuit against the Blackhawks organization, alleging that he and a teammate were sexually assaulted by Aldrich and that the team ignored their claims. TSM reported that the two players reported Aldrich's conduct to skills coach Paul Vincent just before the start of the Western Conference Finals, and that Vincent brought it to team president John McDonough, general manager Stan Bowman, vice president of hockey operations Al McIsaac, and mental skills coach James Gary. According to TSN's report, Vincent told the leadership group they needed to file a report with Chicago police, a plea that was reportedly refused. Another player on that 2010 Chicago team, Nick Boynton, and Vincent made it clear to players during the San Jose series that he would alert upper management about the allegations. 
questions. Boynton said players trusted that Vincent would handle the matter appropriately given his background. He was previously in law enforcement, and Boynton believed Vincent's account that he told his superiors that they needed to go to the police. I trust him over the front office, Boynton said. He's a stand-up guy. Every guy on the team knew about it, one player of the 2010 team told The Athletic. Every single guy on the team knew. Uh, Aldrich left the Blackhawks after they won the Stanley Cup that year under, um, shall we say, dubious circumstances, mm-hmm. uh, and joined the coaching staff of a boys' high school team in Houghton, Michigan, which is exactly yeah. where you'd want that kind of person <laughs> like, to go. Great. Uh, in December 2013, after his second stint as a volunteer assistant coach there, he pleaded guilty to charges of criminal sexual conduct with a teenager. He was sentenced to nine months in Houghton County Jail. A second lawsuit was filed last month by Aldrich's victim there, alleging that the Blackhawks gave Aldrich positive references when he left the team and failed to report the allegations of abuse from 2010. The high school players from Houghton said that Aldrich sexually assaulted him at an end-of-season gathering for players in March 2013. According to the complaint, Aldrich provided alcohol to the player, who was 16 at the time, and performed oral sex on him without consent. He is Aldrich is now 38, and um, he also abruptly left a position at Miami of Ohio University in 2012 after only about four months working with its hockey program. The school is now investigating his time there. Uh, the This all broke very early this week, right before Gary Bettman's State of the... Yeah. Whatever it's called, was, State of the League Yeah, speech. there was rumblings like last week, mm-hmm. and then thankfully it didn't get brushed under the rug like a lot of people thought it would and it got brought up to Batman on like Monday Monday afternoon but only after the league had formally launched an investigation which allowed him to say we do not have further comment at this time because there is an ongoing investigation Uh, Bill Daly actually told the Athletic via email we have been in contact with the club regarding the matter but there is no ongoing investigation oh excuse me there is no ongoing investigation we do not have further contact Uh, comment at this time the blackhawks have hired a former federal prosecutor reed shar of the law firm jenner and block to conduct an independent review of the allegations which as i think one of the puck soup guys pointed out Mm -hmm. is not an independent review because the blackhawks hired (laughs) so they already have some he may not be like contracted to the blackhawks but they are paying him to do the review uh Blackhawks CEO Danny Wirtz said in his memo, We take the allegation described in these lawsuits very seriously. They in no way reflect this organization's culture or values. Um, yeah, but also they do. <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. You talk. <laughs> I was just going to say, like... like uh, it's a lot of having the same face, right? It's just this whole organization, the Blackhawks, and the NHL, uh, by extension, wanting to save face for making a huge mistake 10 years, you know, 10, 11 years ago. Um, why they didn't report this to police, I don't know. Why you keep it quiet um, in 2010 when you're on the verge of winning the Cup, I understand I don't think it's the right move, but I get like the thought process of like, well, we want to keep this quiet. We want to win the cup. But that doesn't mean you don't report it to the police. That doesn't mean that you make it completely go away. 
that doesn't like there's a lot of things you can do between here and there and be like well we want to have both these things happen right we want to win the cup and we want to report this you know sort of thing you can do both and it it sucks that it happens around that time but guess what that's just shit that's just shitty life Mm -hmm. that's just shitty old shitty life and i'm sorry that you were about to win the cup and it's your first cup in like whatever 40 something years and that's awful that this this thing happened and it's going to overshadow your cup win but tough shit like mm-hmm. that's like i don't know i don't know how you just make a giant sigh when you hear about this news as one of the coaches and go okay well we're gonna report this to the police because that's just what you gotta do like i, I don't know i just don't know i don't know how how you don't do that especially from a sport and organization that really prides itself on being like all about team and family and like the team members and the organization it's all one giant family there Mm -hmm. except for when like one of your family members sexually assaults two of your other family members well we'll keep that within the family we don't want to we're not involved with authorities here or anything it's just the best the best time to plant a tree was yesterday and like the best time to plant a tree now is today Mm -hmm. it's like just just figure this shit out now just end it now it's it's also frustrating because they obviously took action against the guy. Mm. I mean, I know we can't say that, and the reporters can't say it. Mm. But every report I've read made it pretty clear that the circumstances of his departure were questionable at best. Well, that's what I mean. I can't imagine they hear this and go, well, we're not going to report it. And you know what? We're just going to leave him on the team. Like I'm sure yeah. they were like, well, I guess we'll handle this, as the NHL or hockey teams love to do. We'll handle this internally. Um, but it's it's so damning that this happened elsewhere that it's like, I know their allegations. I know they have to do an investigation. I get it. But also, like, he was convicted of doing these things later on in life, so he probably did them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably assume that. So it's just, and the fact that maybe he did yeah. this stuff before, but they weren't able to stop it. Right then and there. It almost feels like the investigation from this point at this point is like whether the parts about Vincent and the front office are true. Because, yeah. I, I mean, this guy clearly did it. Well, that's it's what not, I mean. They're know, not really like trying to figure n- out. Nor do the Blackhawks have any desire to protect him from anything. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. is like That's why it's extra damning, right? Because Stan Bowman was the GM back then. Like, just mm-hmm. sort of became the GM around that time. And he's still the GM now. Um Kevin Sheldayoff was part of this team, and now he's the GM with the Jets. Um, Mark Bergevin was was part of this team, and now he's the GM with Montreal. And I think believe they they talked to him about it, and he claims he didn't know anything about it uh, at the time. And you know, there's a number of different people. Joel Quinville was the coach there, and he's the coach down in Florida now. It's like there's a lot of people that are still within the NHL, unsurprisingly, because that's how the NHL works. They just all have jobs Especially elsewhere. when you win Stanley Cup. Yeah, and it's not. I'm not saying they got to throw all these guys under the bus and be like, you all have to be out of hockey now because you didn't prevent this. But at the same time, it just doesn't. It just doesn't look great when your fingerprints can be on this organization and there's quotes of everyone knew, and then you get asked and you go, "I'm not. I don't really know what this is about." And you're yeah. like, "Oh, I think you do." I feel like they do have to throw these yeah. guys out. Of well, that's what I mean. It's like I don't. It's just I don't understand. I'm not a person who speaks out about a lot of stuff like i'm pretty timid i'm pretty passive most of the time but i have like a very 
like angry reaction when I feel that injustice is yeah. being done, especially to people I really care about. And I just don't understand the mindset of like, well, we're just not going to tell anybody. Yeah, right. Like, and also, like, I, I hate to say this because this shouldn't be a factor, but it's a video coach. It's not Joel Quinville. Right. It's not, and, you know, and again, granted, the players weren't, you know, by all appearances, weren't like Jonathan Taves and mm. Duncan Keith that, you know, were involved in this. It sounds like they were probably, you know, fourth line guys or lower depth guys that were just thankful to be on the team at that point. Yeah. And that's part of why they were vulnerable to this guy. But, like, I don't know. You know, video coaches are valuable, but, like, are they? <laughs> Well, it's, no, I mean, like, it just doesn't matter. It's just, and not, and, but it, well, I know what you're stripping all that, that away. Like that certainly doesn't matter at all. But I mean, yeah, all the more but reason like it's to all be the able more to just, reason. Yeah. If if it was Joel Quinville, not that I would think it was okay, but I would more understand why they were like, well, we gotta just bury gotta this until this the out. end of the cup yeah. run. But like, it's just, I don't. I don't understand this culture in general that's, like, fine with, like, this sort of stuff, you know? I don't understand that kind of, like, we're just going to bury this now and it's just going to be fine and we'll never get caught. Yeah. And Mark Lazarus wrote a really good piece. um, And, you know, he's, I don't want to say a diehard Blackhawks fan because he's a writer for them, but he's a pretty outspoken writer for the Blackhawks on The Athletic. And he wrote a piece basically saying, like, yeah, now the whole uh, the whole golden era of Chicago Blackhawks hockey history is, like, sullied because of this, so thanks. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it, I thought it was pretty bold of him to just be like, yeah, well, that's a black mark, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and, like, yeah. now we can't ever talk about this without talking about the other thing. And... It is, you know, I don't, I don't know what the NHL can do because I know that they can't probably legally comment on an ongoing like criminal procedure. Mm. But it just does seem like this is a league where this kind of stuff happens way too much. Whether it's Bill Peters, um, who was the player that uh, was it Alou? Is that his name? Akeem Alou. Was one of his incidents on the Blackhawks? I don't know I if it was. I don't think so. Um, but I think the Blackhawks had something else, though. And I mean, and not that it's com- completely related, but you just have he was the- drafted by the Blackhawks. Oh, Hawks. Yeah, you have that organization though, like with Patrick Kane on it, with like you know alleged sexual mm-hmm. uh, misconduct. I think that was what it was. I think. Sorry, I don't mean to throw you off base but like I think a lose thing was partially like he felt like the Blackhawks organization held him back because he had like you know a ton of, ton of points in an AHL season and then didn't get called out. I was like they definitely don't seem to be doing a lot of things right so yeah. but sorry you were no saying. I was just saying that just within that organization alone there seems to be some shitty stuff going on mm-hmm. um, and it just it's like it's like finding like bad wiring in your house and just being like well this sucks and it sucks so much that I'm just not going to do anything about it. And it's like, no, it sucks. And you're just going to have to pay a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what? 
I was flossing the other day, and my a crown that I've had on one of my teeth for five or six years flew the fuck out of my mouth, mm-hmm. which popped off. And I could have been like, this is terrible, I hate this. Um, I'm, I, I'm not going to do anything about it, though. And then my crown tooth could go to hell, and all, you know, my mouth would break loose. Yeah. My jaw would be fall from its my face. I'm pretty sure that's how that <laughs> that's works. That's how that works, yeah, I'll exactly. I'll confirm uh-huh. uh, with people later. But if only you knew any dentists. Yeah. <laughs> but um but no, it's shitty and it sucks and I have to go pay like however many you know, hundred dollars to put back in my mouth. It was sixty bucks. Um but <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna pay that money though. But I'm gonna because that's what you're supposed to do. Seven hundred dollars except less than yeah. a tenth of that. A way, way less important thing to say. Like, yeah, I get it. You're like, man, this puts a really black mark on our organization, the fact that we even hired this guy and blah, blah, blah. But then just deal with it then. Just deal, just report it and deal with it now because that's what you have to do. Don't bury it. Oh, it's just like, and I think it does speak to the whole, like, we deal with this stuff in-house. You know, we got to keep this stuff quiet. It's just how this, you know, how hockey rolls. It's like, no. Yeah. You can air this dude out and get him out of hockey or sports or society completely, but instead you decided, well, this is like the the weird honorable hockey thing to do is to just like, you know, let's not talk about it. Yeah. And I think where it transitions from incredibly gross to just like despicably negligent is when they allow him to then go get a job with a teenage yeah, hockey team. Fuck? And if they gave him recommendations, like, you know, all of this is allegedly, but yeah. I don't think reporters of that caliber come to the point with these kinds of stories if they're not pretty sure that they're true. Like, how gross do you feel if you earn the Blackhawks organization, then you learn he's working at a high school. Like, yeah. How can you not say something at that point? Be like, yo, we, yo, I got, we got to say something. This guy cannot be there. And there's a list of things from that athletic article too that I didn't put in here that were like ten different instances of like him just being, being just being weird yeah. and like and like parents being like, you know, on second thought, I don't know why he was trying to hang out with my kid or why he uh. was always texting them directly about where they were partying that weekend. And it's like, yeah, dude, the dude just has a trail of just grossness that, like, at any point, someone in this organization would be like, this is a bridge too far, and I will now report this. And Mm -hmm. they were like, nah, I'm just going to let that go. And it's just, who's going to, like, step up to the plate and fucking do something? It's so, like, sexual crimes are always hard because, like, two people's view of consent can differ. Mm. I know we always like to think they're black and white, but there are instances like uh, like the Aziz Ansari thing, mm. where it's like one person can feel like something's just a date, and another person can feel, you know, pressured or assaulted, and like, that's not good either. Mm. But like, there are lines. However, when you're this kind of guy that's just like repeatedly... Creepy. Those are the to- sort of people that we need to delete from society. <laughs> I know, like it's pretty clear cut, right? Like I get, I get it, I get it. Like in gen- like as a uh, parent yeah. or something, you're kind of gonna cut this guy slack. He's kind of weird. I don't know. But like as an organization that had people come to you and tell you this, yeah, like for all intents and purposes adults because they're probably like eight. They're at least eighteen, right? If they're like on your team or right. whatever, like tell you this happened, yeah, like. 
there's this there's is nothing not, to speculate about. This is not something two players have any. Why would they have any motivation to yeah. lie about it? That's what I mean. It's the, like a video I mean, it's, coach, bro. It's brave enough to even come forward with the story. Yeah. God, I mean, I know, and, I know, Twitter's just a trash heap, but I saw people that were like, see, you know, why are they talking about it now? Why have they come forward now? Maybe you know, who knows what sort of like uh, spotlight they want to. I'm like, first of all, you don't even know who these two players yeah, are. The spotlight they're getting by anonymously suing the Chicago <laughs> and, Blackhawks. Yeah, and why not do it in 2013 or 2015 when the you know Hawks are going for a cup run and you're like, let's derail this team? No, you did it in like yeah. 2021 when who gives a shit about Chicago Blackhawks? Right. I was like, that's just, shouldn't give it any time, but it was just such shitty takes I saw. I don't, yeah, I just, I just, I hate, I hate all this stuff, and that's a given. But yeah. like, you know, those kinds of crimes are just so violative, and even if it seems minor, not that this necessarily does, but like, that can just change someone's life Mm -hmm. and obviously did these two guys you know i'm sure did the kid that he you know assaulted in in michigan like it's just so gross and you know genuinely not not anything to do with it being the blackhawks particularly because Mm -hmm. i know they are our, our tribal but like it really should make you question the entire organization and if it's if this if that's true, if the the part about Vincent reporting it is true, mm. all three of those dudes need to be gone right immediately. And like I don't, I don't, I hate to say it, but like your team sucks anyway, so you can do it now. And like you're you're probably gonna fire those dudes oh, in the next the, couple of years anyway. I was gonna so say, like, yeah, not to be like clever weird about it, but I was like, if you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan, you're probably like. Yeah, fire Stan Bowman. That's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that there's a reason we can fire him. You don't want it to be that reason, right. but it's like get this dude out of here, anyways, because he sucks. But yeah, like I don't know how. Yeah, if you learn that they got reported to, but they didn't report it to authorities, it's like. And I also you think you gotta make an example. I I don't. Again, I don't want to be this guy, but like, if it's true that every player knew, why aren't any of them speaking up? Right. I don't know the full story. But I'm constantly told that Jonathan Taves is one of the bravest and most no-holds-barred, open-minded people in the league. Why didn't he say anything? I know. I am kind of blown away, though. It's like you're not going to at least come, like, you're not going to say any names, but you're not going to at least come out and be like, You can't at least say say to the league or leak something to Elliot Friedman or, like, it's just, it's such a, like, I guess it's, an endowment effect sort of thing of like, well, we've got to keep it in the family. Yeah. And like, it just becomes that sort of thing. But it's like, I just don't get how. I think you're, I mean, in a weird way, not to make it too dark, but I think you are as like a hockey player, especially a hockey player, I think more than maybe other sports too, like just indoctrinated into this mm-hmm. sort of like, cause you're in these like bantam leagues and stuff when you're like 12 and 13 and yeah. you're in this, hockey culture almost immediately competitive yeah yeah. that you're just kind of like this is the way it is unless like we just we don't open up about stuff and i mean that's why they all sound the fucking same when they get interviewed is that they come and do that too so it's like they're just they're just kind of like a little bit of these sort of mindless drones or it's like hey if i'm not supposed to talk about it and not supposed to talk about it and it's like fuck couldn't someone have a spine like i just can't imagine i'm sure it's hard to talk about to someone because it's just a touchy subject 
So I can't say for sure what I would do in their shoes, but I would like to think that I'd say something. Like, hey, yeah. maybe this dude that we think might have like touched some dudes, we shouldn't employ anymore. And they'd be like, well, we'll talk about it. I'm like, no, I don't think there's really much to talk about. Like, uh, It's hard. And I know that it's, it's easier to smooth. say from outside of the league yeah. and outside of the locker room and all that. But it's just so gross. And the NHL has just got to stop allowing stuff like this to happen. Even though this isn't their fault. They do need to make sure that there is swift punishment for whatever they find out about this. Um, You know, and so I just, I I don't have any more to say on that story, really. But, like, I just want this league to act and stop being so terrible in every way. And speaking of the league (laughs) being terrible in every way... They're probably not going to the Olympics, even after collectively bargaining that they would. (laughs) And <laughs> we put it in our agreement, but also uh, we're erasing it from the agreement. It was put in pencil. We're deciding to erase it. This pisses me off at the league way more than the other story. And the other story is far worse. Mm. But, like, maybe the league just really didn't know until now. Mm. And they will act. You know, I don't, I'm not holding my breath. But, <laughs> but maybe, yeah. you know. The, 2021, you hope so. The Olympics story. I mean, I I get that the IOC sucks. I really do. Yes. You, as the NHL, should recognize that you also suck. Like I and I mean that sincerely. Yeah, like you, you are the other fifty percent. You need the NHL. You need the IOC so badly. And I know that like it probably complicates things that they're not going to be on NBC mm-hmm. anymore, and that you know the NBC does have the P- the Olympics rights, and that probably makes things even more complicated and confused. But like, I don't know how the players keep letting the NHL get away with stuff, and I know they signed this agreement. To include, like, we'll go to the NHL or to the Olympics if it's reasonable. First of all, players, what were you thinking? <laughs> I know. That weird little Why handshake. would you ever give Greg uh, Gary Bettman any kind of loophole? You know he's going to exploit it. He's a very good lawyer. And it's just... If this was, a, if this was the Olympics in Switzerland mm. or wherever, like, there's a lot wrong with China. But if you are claiming that you want to grow the game internationally, yeah. and you're not going to go to the Beijing Olympics, what are you doing here? <laughs> what, like, I don't, I don't know. What do you think about it? Especially because, like, the KHL, what, they expanded into China. They have at least one Chinese team. Um, and I remember prior the, to COVID. Star, yeah. yeah, prior to COVID, or, like, maybe as far back as, like, 2016, 2017, that was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. That was like, a, oh shit, they've moved into China and the NHL has like no no uh, foothold there. And didn't they start doing, they did like a Vancouver game there and they did like an LA game there, like preseason games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like trying, they were obviously interested. Why the hell else would they play those games over there? And now they're saying, like, well, we're, we're just not as interested. I've seen stuff where they're like, well, it's a time zone thing. And I'm like, they, this has been the case all the time, aside from, like, the times it's been in Canada and the U.S. You just, 
you just tape them, man, or you tell people wake up and you can watch it again later on NBC. You know, it's like it's not, it's really not that big a deal, right? If you're interested in in Olympic hockey or Olympic anything, you'll be fine. They, those people will find it. Um, it bugs and also, me. Like, it just the bugs time me that, zones, like put Belarus versus Ukraine on at the awful times. Mm. You know, like they, yeah, it's like they they. IOC wants viewership. They get it right. too. They'll schedule things the way they should be to get like the most eyes on it. Right. Like they're yeah, they're not gonna play like the US versus Canada. Like, well sorry, that's just a two AM game, buddy. What are you gonna do? You um know? I just hate that the some like the best players for these countries just don't get to go. Like I know sometimes there's the argument of like pro versus like um, amateur and stuff like that. You know, oh, it should be college age kids, and I do think that's kind of interesting. Like that's I can have that debate, but like as far as I'm concerned overall, it's like let pro players play. This is the best player in this sport in this country. Mm-hmm. Let them go. And when the NHL's you know worried about injuries and stuff, I kind of get it. Didn't Tavares have some? injury in, like in the Olympic game or like in the Olympics I think in 2014 yeah but it's I don't know man it's just so exciting like the international hockey at that level is just super duper exciting mm-hmm. and I can't imagine like that helps your does that not help your league did having TJ Oshie like go through like seven eight rounds of shootouts not like get people interested in hockey and tuning in NHL games it has to I mean, there's you're not capturing some of those eyes if you don't go. I don't, I don't know, man. It's such a bummer that it's not a guarantee, and the fact that they talked about it in that Gary Bettman press conference about like he was pretty much like, well, we just don't know right now, or we don't mm-hmm. have it built into the schedule, and maybe that's just all legal crap because they might, but they just can't say it right now or right. yada yada. But it's like, man, I can't believe that you basically winked at these guys like we'll see and now you're like yeah 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 i know what i said but no we're not doing that anymore Mm -hmm. like i they talked to headman about it and he seemed pretty pissed as far as victor headman can never get pissed or look pissed about not being able to go he's never been to olympics and it's like this is like the best defense one of the best defensemen in the world for hockey definitely the best swedish defenseman right now and he's just not going to be there yeah i'm like it just seems ridiculous i mean did anyone watch when did they they didn't go last time right in korea no nope. they didn't go to korea i don't watch a damn game i, I watch a single so, no. game no why would you like it's just it's a farce at that point like if you want to cut it off if you want to make a cut and say that the nhl will never go i'd get interested more and more because it's just going to be college kids and i'll just be there for it but if you're doing this back and forth thing i think you're making complete like it's not even Looney like tunes out of it man yeah it's that's the thing is like i love the world junior but there you're comparing age groups mm-hmm. if it's the olympics you can have like all the khl players yeah so like there's going to be this weird mishmash of, like, Jordan Tutus representing Team Canada or whoever, you yeah. know? And so it's, like, it's not the excitement of watching the next generation of great young players come up mm-hmm. and play in their first major worldwide exposure. It's just, like, a weird, like, if you simulated NHL <laughs> for 20 years and, you know, like, somehow, um, I don't know, 
uh, Zach Boychuk is back in the league and playing at 55. And, you know, like, it's <laughs> yeah. just such a nightmare scenario. You have a better chance of just defecting, going to play in the KHL in the Olympic year to be like, hey, yeah. at least I can play on my, my country. Seriously, team. you might as well. Uh, Tampa Bay yeah. won 6-3, to three, by the way. That's over. Man. Brutal. We did not hear the people sing. But the Canadians outshot the Lightning, so they are the better team. Oh, wow. What a good team that is. So sad, man. I just hate... I hate this league. I hate the league. I love the sport. I love the teams. I love so much about it. But the NHL is its own biggest obstacle. And I don't... You can't even, like, it's, I know you lost money because of stupid COVID. Everybody lost money because of stupid COVID. You can't throw the players a bone. You're keeping the salary cap flat for a thousand years. Mm. You're slamming them down the butthole with escrow. (laughs) You can't give them just this, just two weeks. You can't give them. Right. Like, just a nice goodwill. It's just, Gary Bettman's the living worst. And I just hate this league. And that's it. I don't know. That's all I got on them. Yeah, I mean, I hope they still go. I really was sitting at like 90% sure they were going to go. And now I'm kind of at like 30% sure they're Mm going to go. Um, Man, that's too bad. I look forward to Olympic hockey. I mean, the last time we got it was... Was the last time we got it was the Oshie Oh my god, it probably was, yeah. Oh my god. God. Especially was man, that Crosby's golden goal? No, it's twenty seven. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, but oh, um, she was twenty fourteen. Yeah, and then they've missed twenty eighteen and twenty. And since probably, yeah. But like the U.S. Gotcha. team should be good. Like if we had that, like Eichel and the Hugheses and, and. Well, that's the thing. Like this is finally this year's tournament would be insane, right? You've got the U.S. team that should finally be on par with Canada, like not even as a joke. Mm. And Sweden's always going to be good. Russia's always going to be sick. Um, Finland's always going to be sick. Like you'd have five or six teams that are like top contenders. Slovenia, you know, yeah. Andrew Kopitar, <laughs> and like Drag thirty people. I do love that in international. I'm, you know, I'm watching the Euros a lot right now, and there's the Spains and the Italys and the Englands yeah. that are all just loaded with names you've heard of, and then there's like. Um, you know, North Macedonia is an extreme example, but even like Switzerland, who made the quarterfinals, have like two really good world class <laughs> players, and then a lot of guys that are like, sure, they're in the top European leagues, but they're not even like standouts on their club team. Yeah, you you're know? like, interesting. Or like, yeah, Poland is like, they have the world's best striker, Robert Lewandowski, but that's all they have. <laughs> um, I do like that. I like the mishmash. Yeah, for sure. But it's just. I, you know, maybe something turns around, but it just seems like they're not gonna, and they suck, and I'm tired of it. And, like, the Winter Olympics, listen, they kind of suck. They're cool. They're cool. But, like... What's your favorite, what's your favorite sport outside of hockey for the Winter Olympics? Um, that one where they ski and shoot. No. (laughs) That was kind of interesting. I mean, I actually, I actually like all the Winter Olympics now that I think about it. I think they're more fun. 
to watch. They're not as like, they don't feel as prestigious. Winning a snowboard half pipe thing doesn't feel like winning a hundred yard dash or whatever, you know. But like, you know, speed skating is always interesting to watch and figure skating is, I know it's not masculine, but you see some of the stuff they do and you're like, holy crap. They skate backwards really fast. I'm always like, you need to look where you're going. That's right. And they do the Iron Lotus, you know, with Chaz Michael Michael and the other guy. And, um, so got, yeah, I really like the skeleton. That's when we go ahead first because I'm like, dope, you could yeah. die. You could, and people have. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. I also just like, I always like the like downhill skiing where it's just like whatever that's called the the ones that are real side to side. Loge? No, that's not it. Whatever it's called, people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, one of them is called something really cool. Anything that Peekaboo Street can do, I love to do. Types of skiing. Telemark? No. Yeah, I know downhill skiing. Freestyle, cross-country, adaptive? No, there's like one that's like called like mega skiing or some bullshit. Oh, they do have that mega ramp one. That one's sick. Oh, that's like the long jump one where they like just fly like squirrels. That's cool too. I love how every like winter event is like just a snow version of like some summer event. That's just like... um, you know, that's just like diving, basically, but <laughs> like not quite, you know? Yeah. Um, Stanley Cup Finals, we just referenced it. Super G. One of them was called Super that's G. Dope. And I'm like, I love it. That's dope. I like that. Uh, Tampa going to win. You think they're going to throw game four out of courtesy and do the gentleman's sweep to get it in Tampa? I think it's going to be a super close game, and I think Tampa's going to win. Yeah. It's yeah, going to be like, oh, tooth and nail. Uh, when was the last time there was a sweep? Not like it hasn't been a it's been a while. Like not since we've been interested in hockey recently. Like none of those. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. You're allergic to the sweep. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I swept up all that dust and now yeah. I'm dressed and breathed it up. Uh, results. Let's see if I can Google this real quick. Not this year, you stupid idiot. Someone, some cats yawn at their. You know, that's right. They're listening device right now. You idiots! It was it was back when it was back when. Wow, that's been a while. It was the Detroit Red Wings sweeping the Washington Capitals in 1998. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. And the, oh, that was the fourth in a series of four consecutive sweeps. Jesus. The Red Wings swept the Flyers in 97. The Avalanche swept the Panthers in 96. And the Devils swept the Red Wings in 95. Man, sweeps in the finals are just no fun. Yeah. This has been such a bummer of a lead up because it was like, will Montreal be able to hold out against Tampa? Will their defense and structure uh, frustrate Tampa into making mistakes, and it is not. Uh, yeah, Montreal has crumbled. No, yeah. I mean, I think we've seen people say right that like Montreal's outplayed Tampa, and it's just these silly little bounces that are that's going a against Montreal take to me. Yeah, like again, like you said, if you're playing, you're playing the best team in hockey. I see a lot of people saying when you play a team like Tampa, I'm like, when you play Tampa, there aren't, there just aren't other teams like Tampa. Like, there's Vegas, and there's the Avalanche and stuff, and I get it. Like, they're very, very... They're great. They're more than good. They're great teams. But, like, Tampa has that level of talent that Vegas or or Toronto 
or Colorado has, but they have it like in this tight package, this like pristine, like when Kale McCarr makes crazy moves, but sometimes he makes too many crazy moves. And whoa, whoa, whoa. They don't do that. Mm. There's like none of that. And it's like the most efficient version of a hockey team ever. You ever watch like a, a, a movie and there's like no loose threads at all. It's just like start to finish, just like boom, just uh-huh. like nothing. There's no weird like what was that subplot or I don't really understand that character. It's like no, everything was just like on point. That's like the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's no, there's nothing out there that's like that. That player's kind of odd. It's uh-huh. like they're just streamlined. Yeah, and they're the, I swear it feels like Tampa is the only team that beats Tampa. Or like we talked about earlier, the only team that could have beat Tampa. Was the Islanders. Yeah. And they didn't beat Tampa. So no one's beating Tampa. Right. It really is. Like we used the analogy of final boss last week. And I don't want to belabor the point. But it does feel like that. I always think when I think of a game's final mm. boss. I think of Nick Bruiser from Super Punch-Out. Because <laughs> I'm a nerd. I know that's not anybody else's choice. But it is mine. And like I just think of like you know. Now I've beaten that game so many times. That like even he usually isn't. Like, I can usually beat him on the first or second try. But, like, when you were, like, a kid and you were facing him, it's like, that's not fair. I made one mistake and he, like, knocked me out with two punches. And it's like, yeah, because he's the final boss. And I don't like, you know, that, again, last game, everybody was like, oh, Montreal deserved to win. But they got two mistakes. And it's like, two mistakes is three too many against Tampa Bay. Mm. You have to play mistake-free hockey and hope they make mistakes that you can capitalize (laughs) on. That's how you beat them. You can't friggin' be Joel Edmondson and just give Braden Point or Alex Killorn or whoever that was the puck. Just give it to him on your own red line and just with Carey Price out of position, that's a free goal. That's the game. You lose. That's, That's you know. They've had problems scoring too. So it's like. It's the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing. It's like. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. That's what I always thought with the Blues so pessimistically where it's like, if they're up again, if they're up what, like 3-1, the Tampa is Mm -hmm. in the game. You have to sit there and you have to say, okay, we as Montreal have to score three goals against the Tampa Bay Lightning and Andre Vasilevsky. And we also have to hope that they score no more goals. Yeah. Can we do that? And then you think, no, that's impossible. And you go, yep, that's right. You lost the game. I, that's how I felt when they went up 2 nothing tonight because it's like they can't win three. They can't make up they can't score three goals probably at all Mm. and if they do they've got to open up enough that tampa's definitely going to score more goals and that's what that's what happened they scored three tampa got four more so Mm. they beat them even from there (laughs) and it's just it's relentless they're just so good and you talk about the salary cap, which, by the way, I'm not okay with. I don't mm. like how many people are just like, well, it's a loophole and everybody knows about it. Like, yeah, but Nikita Kucherov was fine. Why does you know? it feel like, like it's a loophole and everyone knows about it and it's okay until like we had like three teams that say, yeah, us too at yeah. the same time. And then the NHL will go, no, 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 I yeah. don't think so anymore. So it's like, it's okay for the first team to do exactly. it. Exactly. Apparently I read a tweet earlier this week that was like, 
apparently Tampa was one of the teams that complained when I guess the Blackhawks maybe did it in, yeah. on, in 10 or 13 or something. And they like filed a formal complaint. And when it was denied, they were just like, okay, I guess we'll do it too. I did see that they said Tampa was like the only team that voted like against the Blackhawks or like for this to like disappear. And so, yeah, like you said, now they're using it. But I've also seen like people on Twitter use that as a defense where they're like, hey, we voted for this. You didn't. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. I'm normally the person that says we can say we when we're talking about the team we root for. Uh-huh. But you can't say we when you're talking about votes for things. <laughs> yeah, no. I would have also voted for this to go away, but I wasn't in the boardroom. So that's right. That's too bad. I feel like, you know, usually I feel really, I'm not upset. I was, especially when I was younger. I hated seeing the favorite win. Hmm. You always want the Penguins to lose or the Blackhawks to lose or the Kings to lose or whatever. And I probably wanted the Habs to win more. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't feel as wrong now. Because it's just like, how could the Habs ever have had hope? Right. If the Lightning are going to be as good as they are right now, there's just, you can't. There's not a prayer. I don't feel like, oh, they've been robbed. I'm yeah. like, no, this is just the way it was They got to farther be. than they probably should have, and then they met their fate, you know? I mean, again, they're what? In the whole league this year, they were 18th? Mm-hmm. So you got hot at the, in the playoffs, and you ran into literally the best team in the league. Um, yeah, sometimes sometimes the best matchups and the, the two teams that are the most equally matched meet somewhere else in the playoffs. And in this case, it was definitely... I think the closest one was probably uh, Lightning or Lightning, yeah, Lightning and Islanders, mm-hmm. and that was it. That was that was the cup, pretty much. Yeah, um, it sucks from a fans or a viewers' perspective. I don't know. I I really didn't like Tampa winning last year for some reason, and now maybe because they just did it already. I'm like, ah, hey, whatever, go for it. It's yeah. yours for the taking. Yeah, Matt Maroon, three cups. I'm a little tired. I'll be honest. I'm a little tired of seeing people tweet about like. Pat Maroon was like one day away from being waved into the gates of hell. And instead, now he's an angel, ascended to heaven with three cups. And I'm like, like yeah, he was one day away because he wasn't any good. <laughs> I'm like, you scored that great goal for us, guys. And in the last two seasons, as far as I could tell, he's kind of just been on the team. And they've won cups, which is great. It is great. It is amazing that that man will have his name back-to-back year, back-to-back-to-back years on the cup. Uh-huh. Um but also, like, I'm, I'm not as interested in the story, I guess. I don't know. He has had a grand total of 41 points in two seasons. And in the playoffs, he has had... Wait, is this for real? Oh, that's extra stats. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, like, eight, 18 and 23. I was like, what? <laughs> in the that's playoffs, nice. he has had nine points in two seasons. So, like, again, he's not nothing. But no, but I'm just like, okay. You okay. know. He's a hometown hero. Listen, we have nothing against Pat Maroon. But come back. He's a glue kidding. guy. You love him. His uh, pin tweet is still him getting crazy with Ryan O'Reilly on the plane. So, you know. Um, he knows where his heart lies. Yeah. But uh, still, it's a, a little wild. So let's talk about NHL award winners quickly. I don't think we have to spend that long on it because it was pretty chalky. I feel pretty right? good about all of these. I think there was a single one that stood out as like, what? Calder Trophy, Carol Kaprizov won by a lot, which 
there was that Travesty. week of controversy. We talked about it uh, talked about it on here where it was like maybe he shouldn't be eligible, but apparently the voters decided he should. Connor <laughs> McDavid, I think only the second time ever it was a unanimous heart trophy vote. It was correct. Yeah. There was no question. Uh, Adam Fox won the Norris Trophy. We talked about that last time, or whenever we talked about awards, I think I mentioned, like, I thought he was kind of crazy, and then I looked at his numbers, and I was like, no, he should probably win the uh, Norris Trophy. Did I hear in 31 Thoughts that this is the first time ever that the Norris has been awarded to a defenseman whose team did not make the playoffs? I think maybe, yeah. That's kind of crazy. I would have thought that would have happened at some point. Yeah, for else, sure. But good I guess, for him. I guess it's one of those things where, like, if you're a good enough defenseman, which is not to crap on Adam Fox, but, like, typically you're the other kind of defenseman where you're, like, also shutting the other team down and and you're just going to win enough games to make the playoffs. Uh, Connor McDavid also won the Ted Lindsay Award. No surprise. Vesna Trophy goes to Marc-Andre Fleury. A lifetime achievement Vesna Trophy, perhaps. <laughs> I didn't realize this was his first one. Yeah. I thought for sure he had at least the Yeah, he's had a very good career that has not been very decorated. Yeah. I mean, he's going into the Hall of Fame, obviously. But, like, good on him. Good for him. Yeah. I'm glad he got to win it once. They gave Pekka Rene the uh, lifetime achievement Vesna a couple years ago. Um, so, you know. Thanks for Continue always being the a goalie. Trend. Exactly. Uh, the Art Ross, Connor McDavid won that we already knew. The Masterton, Oscar Lindblom won. I think Lock. we talked about that a lot. Yes. Uh, Barkov wins the Selkie Trophy. Rod Brindamore, the Jack Adams. The Jim Gregory, General Manager of the Year Award, goes to Lou Lamorello at age 80,000. <laughs> Alexa, how old is Lou Lamorello? Sorry, I don't know that. Because she can't count that high. Yeah, it's because he's ethereal. Alexa, <laughs> Alexa, tell us a joke. What did the sun say to the tree? Why do you always throw shade when I'm around? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> she can't even like hit the cadence <laughs> right either. No, I'm like, Why do you more? always throw shade when I'm around? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. She's trying to be happy. Yeah. Hashtag hip Alexa. Uh, that's right. Alexa, what's the capital of Indonesia? According to Wikipedia, the capital of the Republic of Indonesia is Jakarta. Good so work. According to Act Number 10 of 1964, located on the island of Java, Jakarta was formerly called Batavia during the Dutch colonial period. In the early oh my God. <laughs> Uh-huh. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Wow. Whoa, girl. Thanks for your feedback. Jesus. Passive <laughs> aggressiveness. You're going to ask me about the capital? <laughs> well, I'll tell you about the capital. I was just put in your house to suggestive sell things to you. I didn't want to actually answer your question. <laughs> I like how they always say, according to Wikipedia, and I'm like, how about according to, like, reality? I just want to send you a notification every three days that says you should order more cat treats. <laughs> I do like, like how, how fat they, do you think her is? <laughs> I do like how she just suggests shit randomly. I'll be like, I'll ask her about the weather. She'll tell me, and she's like, hey, also, just so you know, I can uh, set I breakfast can rec- timers for yeah. you. Oh, I can God, recommend a book for you to read based on the weather. I'm like, girl, step back. Take a step yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pekka Rene took a step back to win the kit. Eh. 
King Clancy trophy. <laughs> Jacob Slavin won the Lady Bing, which caused a lot of controversy with that one lunatic. Mm. I don't even remember the guy, but someone is real pissed it wasn't Connor McDavid. Which, like, of all of all the uh, awards to get muscle bro about is, like, right. the friggin' Lady Bing. hated the Lady Bing. Yeah, exactly. Uh... Mark Messier picked Patrice Bergeron to win the Mark oh, Messier man. NHL Leadership Award. I'll have to go back and w- listen to our take because I feel like we said somebody like Patrice Bergeron, like yeah. an older, gritty guy that, you know, has just been a captain forever. Uh, Austin Matthews won the Maurice I Can't Control My Rocket Restaurant <laughs> Award. William M. Jennings Award went to Flurry and Lanier. And uh, Kevin Hodgson won the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. So any of those that you feel the need to talk about, I feel like they're all pretty pretty, pretty f- uh, appropriate. So with that said, then let's get to our blues talk. The Winter Classic is back on, baby. Is that at Target Field? Is that where they're having I think that? so. I assume it must be because the, the U.S. Bank Stadium is closed, right? It's not open. Oh, the one for the Vikings? Yeah. It's an, oh, yeah, it's closed in. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a dome, right? Like, it's not closed. They just <laughs> built it. They just Steven. built it, you idiot. That stadium looks gorgeous, by the way, from the inside. Inside looks cool. Outside doesn't look bad. Yeah. It's just a weird shape. Yeah, but like watching a game in there with that like huge panel of windows, that looks really cool. I, uh, a friend's girlfriend uh worked on like the construction of that or like the design of that Mm -hmm. or i'm sure helped in like a minor role but she basically said they had to put some sort of like design specific on the glass that birds don't yeah so birds don't slam into it and i was like interesting yeah i would think they're like you're the bird design person right put a good design on here so the birds (laughs) see it (laughs) are you our avian expert uh yeah but that's uh that's a good place too. Yeah, I was say I want to try and go to it because I'll probably be up there for like around the holidays. But also, I'm sure it's going to be expensive as hell because it's like the first big outdoor event ever again. Um, I'd ca- I'd come up to Mini yeah. and go with you if it made sense, dude. Yeah, it's free. It'll be it'll be fucking freezing out. Oh, I love oh, it. Jesus. That's the only way. It wasn't ours like it wasn't like warm that weekend, but it was like forty and like raining sort yeah. of crap. Typical St. Louis winter. I'm surprised. At least we didn't get the weird one where it's like those random January days. We're like, hey, today's a 70 out. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I love them, but yeah, not great for outdoor hockey. Nah, nah, not so good. Do you, what do you think they're going to wear? I believe I saw that there was like a rumor that they were going to wear uh, basically the same winter classic jersey, but just white aways. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a little bit of a different design, but... Same general feel. It'll probably be like an eggshell or off-white cream color uh-huh. sort of thing. Uh, I'd be down with that. That'd, That'd be, be all right. right. I feel like they should just make those their primaries yeah. for a while. If they're not going to go for the retro thing, then I, I mean, then I say just fucking go bonkers and do something new. Yeah. Give me give me that weird L.A. Kings vibe where they had like the black and white and it was kind of like a uh, weird skate going yeah. on. And it's just like, what the Horrifying, fuck is this? Horrifying, but also kind of like... But am I intrigued? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I need the, to ride the line of like, oh, gross, but like in a good way. It does feel like they go like weird and out there for the, um, whatever the oh, other ones are called. Yeah. yeah, and the Heritage Classic and the Winter Classic are like more classic, I guess. Um, but yeah, who else got an outdoor one? Nashville has an outdoor one. Nashville and Tampa, and 
think there was one other. Oh, one. there's gonna be like Vegas a Heritage one or something. Somebody maybe. Oh really? Yeah, or maybe it was Heritage. Yeah, but you know, I'm glad. I'm. I was. I'm not really surprised that they just went ahead and honored what they had already suggested. Yeah. Uh, I do. I. I. I love the Heritage. Current Heritage, former Winter Classic ones. Uh, I do kind of want them to go in a new direction, just because right. like let it be exciting and new and interesting. Yeah. But whatever, I'll be happy either way. Incorporate some, I don't know, green in there. Yeah. Just you know, do whatever. You already threw red on the jersey, that's so right. all bets are off. That's right. Maybe they'll. That's probably what they'll do. Is they'll do like Christmas red or something. <laughs> like oh god. Barf. The. Biggest story, I guess, of the week for the Blues is that uh, old Vladimir Tarasenko's name is in the rumor mill. Not shocking, I wouldn't Mm. say, but not exactly pleasant. Uh, The St. Louis Blues, according to Frank Saravelli, are exploring a trade for star winger Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko does hold the cards with a full no-trade clause upon further vetting. It appears the player has alerted St. Louis to several teams he'd be willing to be dealt. That should be two several teams to which he'd be willing to be dealt. But I guess Frank Saravelli wasn't taught English before he became a journalist. <laughs> a change of scenery is in order. Tarasenko will be featured on the next edition of Trade Targets, which highlights 20 names and why that was an advertisement. Tarasenko, <laughs> 29, has two years remaining on his deal at $7.5 million per season. He has played just 34 games total over his last two seasons as a result of a recurring shoulder injury. But those issues has been corrected. Those issues has been corrected. Frank. Frankie boy. You can't write, you can't write no good. Frankie boy. Um, maybe this, I don't know if this is actually him writing the article. Maybe they're just stealing his reporting. But, um, And he is healthy. When at full strength, Tarasenko demonstrated he was one of the most consistent scorers in the league. We don't know if he's at full strength, though. Heading the 30-goal mark in five straight seasons with back-to-back 39- and 40-goal campaigns. He's fifth all-time in Blues franchise history in goals with 218 and 442 points over 531 games. Blues are going to be one of the fascinating teams to watch. Between Tarasenko potentially on the move, plus Hoffman, Schwartz, and Bozak all set to become UFAs, there's a lot of goals to replace true um yeah we didn't have that many goals to begin with so (laughs) So um i i don't know man we talked about it before i don't want to see tarasenko go anywhere right but also like if you're gonna trade him you better be prepared to shake a lot more up that's the thing is like all future blues plans and cap plans aside, like I don't want to see Tarasenko go because he's part of like he's part of my interest in the blues coming back. Like started getting interested again when like Oshi and Peron and Bergen were all here, and then within a year or two, all of a sudden you had Tarasenko being drafted. Like I went to a draft party where a friend of mine told me like, oh, the blues might like try and move up and get this Russian guy, and I was like, oh, okay. Mm. And then they did, and they got him, and I was like, hey, you were right, this seems really interesting. <laughs> and then I read more about him, and you're just like, wow, no way. This guy sounds really good. And then he comes over in 2013 and, you know, lights the world on fire for the Blues, and he's becomes the face of the franchise. I mean, if you ask, you know, Blues fans that are casual, more casual fans, or you ask, like, other teams' fans, like, what players are on the Blues, like, 
within three names, you're getting Tarasenko. You're getting, like, Tarasenko, Petrangelo at one point or another, you know, and, like, um, Bacchus or something yeah. like that. And it's, like, those... Like, Tarasenko's, like, your guy. And so, all you know, all rational reasons to move him aside, I just don't want to see him go because that really is, like, closing the book on an era. I think more so than Petrangelo. I think more so than, like... <laughs> Steen or any of these guys just because he was like the face he was on the cover of chow yeah that's what i mean like he was the blues to anyone that didn't know the blues and he was obviously that to people that do know the blues here and um i don't know i think honestly it'd be more akin to like losing oshi right like people were ready but also they're like oh my god tj oshi gone yeah like that's what it feel like like I don't like that Petrangelo's in Vegas, but Petrangelo could have gone to any team. I wouldn't be like, no, he can't be a Dallas star. That's impossible. But there's teams that, like, if Tarasenko ended up on, I'd be like, oh, that's fucking sick. <laughs> that's disgusting, dude. Like, I hate it. Like, it, it would just feel weird. And so there's just a much greater attachment to him, I think. And the fact that he really seems to care about the city and care about the yeah. fans and everything. That's what sucks. And I don't know, like... I don't know what's leading to this. It seems like maybe Doug Armstrong's just a dick. <laughs> I don't know, because players seem to not want to be here. And I don't know if it's him throat. or if it's a common problem in the locker, you know, a common thread in the locker room that led to O'Reilly, led to Petrangelo. Clearly, if he didn't want to stay, mm-hmm. not... You know, I, I should phrase this better. Whether or not he would have been okay staying, he clearly wasn't driven to stay self-sacrificially, right. like other players might be. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just with Tarasenko being the same way, it's just like, what's going on with the team if these players are willing to go? Especially because, like, I mean, I get that you could get the feeling that he'd needs to move on because maybe the team just needs cap space or is tired of tired of having them around and injured and stuff but I don't know I didn't I didn't get a vibe I didn't get some weird vibe that they're like we're really gonna move on from this dude um, but like if, with rational thought back into it and taking away all the feelings of Tarasenko and all the nostalgia for him and everything um, I don't know what you can get for Tarasenko in a trade right now like his value is like at an all time low <laughs> Like, if anything, you're going to have to either A, eat some of his salary, or B, package him with somebody, or more, most likely C, do both in order to get anything of great value back. And that's if you're getting, if your whole point is, well, we want something for him. We want something. The other option yeah. is we're trading him for futures and stuff. And so, well, really the answer is we want cap space. Yeah. But in a flat cap world i don't think you're i don't think a team's taking on such a risk at 7.5 million dollars for two more years you were trading this dude to get this dude out of here yeah that's i don't want to be blunt but that's like reason number one is you don't want that player in your locker room or on your team anymore mm. and maybe there's good reason for that i don't know what's uh going on behind the scenes like i just said i don't know what's going on with the locker room maybe he called craig uh baruby a dirty pirate hooker and they can't be in the same room anymore i don't i just don't know yeah but um i don't see you know and maybe it's a mutual thing maybe tarasenko's like hey i just don't feel like i'm being given the support i need here to play the game i want to play and i want to go somewhere 
you know, or maybe it's, hey, you traded Reeves and you traded all these guys I like and you let Petrangelo leave and it doesn't feel, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But if you're trading him right now, it's not because there's a huge demand for him. It's not because you're going to get some huge return for him. They can prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Doug Armstrong's done it before. It's possible. But that's my gut. Um, it is intriguing that if you do trade him and you just get, you know, picks, you know, some picks back. Like, what was Arvidsson? He got, they got like a second and a third in two different years. Yeah. I think Tarasenko is better than him in terms of scoring, but obviously he hasn't done that in a long time. So maybe you get something a little better than that, or you get like an actual prospect and like a second or a third. But basically you're, you're dumping salary. And with what Stillman has talked about, about how this he expects this team to spend to the salary cap. You're just freed up $7.5 million to play with. I really do hope that if they move away from him, it's not like, well, we moved away from him to just kind of help him out, help the team out, and we're not really doing anything with that. It's like you now have a huge boatload of money to play with, and you already have a fair amount this offseason anyways. Please don't use it all just re-sign, guys. Please, for the love of God, don't use it just resign James mm-hmm. Schwartz and Tyler Bozak or whoever. Um, so that excites me in the sense that if they trade him, at least they have a lot more flexibility. I still think the best option is probably hold on to him this year, let him rebound, hopefully rebound, get his value back up, and then you can kind of decide, hey, we're holding on to him, he's a good player now, and maybe you extend him whatever. I, unfortunately, that sounds like it's probably the least likely thing. Sounds like that ship sailed, unfortunately, yeah. which is... You know what? It sucks because it's like we need scoring, and I know he's not as it, good well, as he yeah, used to be. But like, but like, you have to bet on somebody. Where where are you going to get the scoring from, anyways? It's such a. <laughs> we have become the Hurricanes. So Nothing's defining about our cup win. Um. And we're not good anymore <laughs> and we're we don't have any unifying players that are like through the run of the team you can say o'reilly but like we don't know that he's coming back in two years that's the thing. i'm not saying yeah. he's not but right now we don't know it seems like people want to get out of here that's the thing is like you have ryan o'reilly who really is like the heartbeat of your team now the center of your team and you can't unintended. You can't you can't <laughs> fuck around the next two seasons, right? You can't just be like, yeah, we went for it, right, buddy? And then when two seasons pass, you go, So will you sign here long term? We didn't really do anything for you. But would you like to be here for a bunch of other years where we just kind of fuck around? Or in fact probably have a rebuild on our hands? Do you want to be here for that? Or do you want to at whatever, thirty one, probably cash in somewhere else and have a better chance in a cup at that point? Most likely. Yeah. I, I won't go too far down the rabbit hole, but I really do think when we talked about Stillman last week and how they talked about that five-year cup window starting the season that we won the cup in eighteen nineteen, and then basically us having two more years of it, it lines up with O'Reilly's contract, it lines up with um, Armstrong's com- contract, and it's just like, we have two more years at this with like this general core of going for the cup because after the after those two years it could just be O'Reilly's gone Armstrong could possibly not be your GM anymore it's like a whole like a a whole different team it could be I it feels I I don't know I don't know it feels off to me 
Is it There's not, never been, you know, because does one, it not help that we don't know like any like we have no yeah. other than this Tarasenko bit? We have no idea what this team is trying to do right like, now. There's part of me that wants to believe maybe they're just friggin' going crazy this like summer. Jack but like, there's team. never been an off season where a team's been like, we're gonna trade our two stop, top wingers, but also bring in two superstars via trade, but also sign three free agents like. Even our biggest offseason was like the big O'Reilly trade and then like three complimentary, four, I guess, complimentary free agents. And that was a big summer. And maybe we're looking at one of those summers again. But like you can't, in my opinion, you can't trade Tarasenko and then bring back Schwartz and Bozak. It's like if you're letting that guy go... You gotta admit that the team's not that good, mm. and but then if you're doing that, it's like is your cup window really open? And it's like, or are you gonna go make some big splashes? Mm. But if you go make some big splashes, then you've got no friggin' youth for the future and no hope of like if you trade your first this year and like neighbors or Ka- even Cairo or Perunovic or Dunn or whoever like. Then it is all this window, and God forbid Ryan O'Reilly decide to leave your team. You know, it's like, I just, I just, we were very optimistic last summer, last week. And <laughs> were we? last week we were fa- fairly, I think by the end we'd talked ourselves into like, yeah, at least it means we'll have a big off season if they're going to spend to the cap. True. Oh, yeah. And if they're going to trade Tarasenko and spend to the cap, then it means even more. But like, and I don't know if they will or won't. You hear a lot of rumors, you know. But, like, it's just... I just don't totally get it. I don't get the picture. And I know that one... I've tweeted this out, and it's, like, the same thing is true. Every every hockey offseason cycle is, like, two months of me thinking... God, I hate hearing all these rumors. I wish something would all actually happen. And then everything happens over like a five-day period. Mm. And then the rest of the summer is like, God, it's so boring now. Then nothing's happening. Like, I wish yeah. the season was here. That's every offseason. And it sucks, but it's the way it is. That's something we have to wait like two, three more weeks for everything Baseball, to at least, like some of the moves are concentrated, but like it's always dragging out too. And there's always rumors and trades happening late and stuff. But in any case... If you trade Tarasenko, you'd better have a plan. It better not just be, well, we can save this money and this guy isn't happy here or whatever. Like, that's kind of my my big concern is like, are they making moves to make moves or do they have a master plan? I do trust Doug Armstrong generally, and I think he can keep a lot of balls in the air at the same time. But like, I am a little worried. Yeah, I'm only worried because I just feel like there's been no, there's been like no smoke. And yeah, that doesn't, and I totally believe that he's trying to get stuff done. But I just mean like I have no idea. I feel like should see they're gonna be super status quo, like Bozak resigned, Schwartz resigned. There you go. Or it's gonna be bonkers town. Yeah. yeah, we're just like I we don't got feel... Dougie Hamilton now. We, I, I don't think Doug Armstrong likes the media. So I don't think he's an organization that wants to have leaks. True. But everybody knew we were in on O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew we were in on Bo Meester. Everybody knew we were in on Ryan Miller. Like, usually the big trades we've made have been known about. But then on the other hand, like, no idea Shin was coming. Mm-hmm. No idea Reeves for Sunquest was coming. No mm-hmm. idea, 
you know, the Falk trade was coming. So, like, I guess there's some of both. Right. Um, but, like, yeah, it's just... I'm excited, but I'm anxious. I want it to be a very different team that next year because I don't think this year's team was anywhere close to good enough. Yeah. And plus, like, if it's a new team, at least it's a new evaluating period. And if you spend another year with basically this team and they're still not good enough, then it's like, okay, now it really is done. So I hope a lot changes, but I'm a little nervous. And speaking of hoping a lot changes... Did you have anything else to say on Tarasenko, or should we go through this fan poll? Let's go through the fan poll. I love fan polls because it lets me know how stupid all of you <laughs> people are. It's uh, true. I'm like, man, everyone's so dumb. <laughs> Even though most of the time my answer is also the popular answer. I sometimes, I will confess this completely, I sometimes put up polls on our Twitter thinking, are people going to agree with me or are they going to be wrong? <laughs> Stupid. Um, and usually you're wrong. <laughs> the cats do not know how to vote on Twitter. No, no. Uh, after back-to-back first-round exits, this is obviously Jeremy Rutherford's fantastic work in the athletic. Well, honestly, he just made a Google form. Yeah, this mean, is it's been this isn't his best work. He's on he's on vacation this week when the biggest like blues rumor you know stuff drops with Tarasenko yeah. he's just like I can't comment can't, right now uh, I'm across my kids in Branson or some BS who's Sarah Tinko <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk <laughs> I'm a hometown hero baby <laughs> Earth City Expressway to downtown <laughs> like really weird flexes <laughs> Granite City has my back uh, anyway, after back-to-back first-round exits in the playoffs, what is your confidence level in the direction of the organization? Almost exactly 50% said three uh, on a scale of one to five, and way more than half, 48% plus 34% plus 4% were three or above. So I don't get that. I don't get just 14% of fans being less than three on confidence. Right. I may have put three. I'm pretty sure I put three. Three foot, three feels non-committal. At least it wasn't more fours, but like. Oh, it's like the personality test where they tell you if you, if you disagree, you know, very disagree, disagree, agree, or very agree. And there's neutral in the middle. And I leave so many neutral and it's like, so you're just a milk toast yeah, person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's three just because it's like, well. It's two first-round exits. That's kind of Blue's M.O. Mm-hmm. prior to winning the Cup. That uh, feels about right. But also, I just think the third one is... I think the third one's a dagger, right? In the right. sense that, like, well, Ruby's contract will already be up. But it's like, hey, man, we can't bring you back with right. the confidence of being like, well, look at how much he's done since the Cup. It's yeah. Like, oh, no. We'll talk about Craigie B in a bit here. Excuse me as I yawn. Uh, the what is who or what is most responsible for the Blues' recent failures? Forty-seven point three percent say the players. Twenty-three point four percent say the pandemic. Fourteen point six percent say Doug Armstrong. Seven point nine percent say other, and the smallest percentage says head coach Craig Berube and staff. That is what I voted. I know that's kind of crazy that that's so low, man. Come I on. don't get. He's got yeah. that cup sheen, baby. It's still there. I don't know. But the how. players don't, and know, Jan- right? Doug Armstrong doesn't. 
How's he? But he. That's because he's a t- he's a tough dude. I gotta admit, people in St. Louis are like tough guy. I like that my coach is a tough guy. People are idiots. You're right. Um, wow, with nearly 50% of the vote, it's clear that fans are putting the Blues' struggle on the players. I don't blame them. Yes, injuries were a major factor this season, and perhaps the 8% of people who voted other did so pointing to the injuries, but what about when the Blues got healthy towards the end of the season and couldn't win a game? It's interesting that the pandemic was seen as being more responsible, that's passive voice, Jeremy, do better, than both Armstrong and Berube and his staff. I do agree that the pandemic restrictions played a role, but a lot of other teams overcame those challenges. That's such a weird call to me. The Lightning have been okay. Right. The Avalanche and the Golden Knights did okay. You know, all the other, it's not, name another great team that struggled during the pandemic the way we had. The Capitals, I guess, but their regular seasons have been much better. But as I say, but even they are just playing like the Capitals. Maybe you're just playing like the team you are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Level of confidence in Doug Armstrong, uh, almost exactly 75% said four or five, uh, with the majority being four. Um what was Armstrong's most questionable move in 2020-21? Uh, almost half of voters say not re-signing Alex Petrangelo. Uh, 17.9% say signing Tory Krug, which I think I said not re-sign. I said Petrangelo for sure. Yeah. Uh, 8.5% said signing Bennington. 15% said not selling at the deadline. And 10% said other. Um, any thoughts on that? I'm just surprised how many people actually put the Petrangelo thing on. Yeah. I see a lot more people defending Armstrong. On Twitter, a lot of people are like, Petrangelo clearly wanted to go. Yeah. And it's like, maybe. I just don't know. Level of confidence in Berube and his staff, 46.6% say 4%, 15.7% say 5%, and 30% say 3%. So actually, when you look at this... Less confidence in Berube because a full 75% said four or above with Armstrong um, and only like uh, 60% or so said four or above with Berube. So I guess that's better. He said, whether you have faith in Berube or not, this much is clear. We've reached the stage where he's being evaluated on what he does moving forward as opposed to being graded on the curve because of the cup. I'm not one who ever thought that Berube's job was in jeopardy this year, but heading into the final year of his three-year contract, you can bet he'll be under a lot more scrutiny. Having a healthy roster will be key, but there won't be any excuses. My one question is whether these results would have been different if Berube's staff wasn't included. Mike Van Ryn's defense has issues throughout the season, and Jim Montgomery's power play got off to an awful start before figuring things out in the second half. I'm not so sure Berube's grade would have been any better, though, if he were listed alone in the question. People ain't thinking about the staff, Jeremy. Yeah. Don't, give, <laughs> don't give these lemmings that much credit. Yeah, honestly, I probably wasn't sitting there going, hmm, what about Steve Vahat? What was Berube's biggest issue in 2021? 2020 That's the worst. Uh... This one is the most telling, I think, of all these responses because 38, 36% of people said getting the team to play with more passion. That's his only thing. <laughs> That's his only That's his calling card. If he's like, he's no better than a C at anything else. So if he can't do that, time to open the door to the next head coach in waiting. <laughs> Maybe, oh, no. maybe this summer we'll make Mike Van Ryan the head coach oh. in waiting. He's still here. 
firearms from immediately. <laughs> they do that. that for sure. 29.4% said not having Mike Hoffman on the number one power play. PP is always fun to read. My PP don't uh, work. <laughs> Handling of healthy scratches, Hoffman, Zach Sanford, etc. Gets 12%. Home record 12, 11, and 5 gets 14%. That's not like a Bruby specific thing though and 8.2% other when I was coming up for the choices for this question a few of them were obvious Hoffman uh, I knew the home record and Bruby's handling of the healthy scratchers were also glaring issues and would get a lot of attention but blew me away was the winner which was the inability to get the Blues to play with passion I'm mostly surprised because this was Bruby's calling card hey Ian is Jeremy Rutherford (laughs) when he took over in 2019 and they won the cup those players needed confidence and Bruby instilled it in them I know the lineup looks much different today but I would have never guessed that he would have trouble creating passion in his players even if it's perception what direction do you think the Blues should go this season, offseason, and almost even split between make a move to shake out the core, aggressive buyers via trade or free agency, or make a few tweaks? Make a few tweaks following shortly behind the other two. Uh, blow it up and rebuild. Got a very small sliver of the vote. Keep the roster intact even smaller and other even smaller. I don't understand how make a few tweaks. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was like, what are your tweaks? Maybe hopefully their tweaks are big and they just think they're small. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, not signing Schwartz and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm glad to see that at least over 50%, at least, you know, together want to either be aggressive buyers or make a, or not make a few tweaks, make a move to shake up the core. So I'm like, okay. So half the fan basically sees the need for like some, like some extreme change. What is the Blues' most pressing on ice need? Scoring forward, net front presence, and top four defensemen. Nearly evenly split up a top four defenseman gets the most votes. We have a top four. The three guys that suck <laughs> and the one you're not using ever. It's. <laughs> yeah, I know we're constantly going to be bringing in top, quote-unquote top four defensemen to just play in the top four that really shouldn't be there. You paid Marco Scandella like a top four defenseman. That's on you. But now he's there, and you can't just pretend he's not there. I don't get why this fan base thinks we can just spend more money on defense. We ain't got the room. Nor do we have the roster spots. Right. Anyway, what is your level of concern regarding Tarasenko's future from a health and production standpoint? 40.2% were at a five, with another 30% at a four. 17.3% 17.3% at a three and fewer and fewer all the way down. Pretty telling, and I'm not sure I disagree. I don't think I said five, but I probably said four. I think I said four. Um, assuming Jaden Schwartz wants to return at market value, uh, should the Blues resign him? Yes, 55%. No, 45%. Wrong. Uh, assuming Mike Hoffman wants to return at market value, yes, 55%. No, 45%. Which, this is the whole point about like half this fan base, half the voters saying we need to make shake up the core yeah. or be aggressive buyers or people on the trade market, and all of a sudden they're like, "But we got to keep these two UFAs." Yeah. Like, uh, what? Yeah, it's like you don't you want the big changes in theory, but then you're like, "Oh, but I don't want Jaden Schwartz to leave. I'm gonna cry." So what are you? <laughs> 
cry about it. Yeah. What are you gonna do? We so we you re-signed Hoffman and Schwartz, but then you like what? But we gotta get Shen the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, people do think like that. You gotta extend Pareko, but you gotta trade Krug and Falk. Yeah, like even the, though Falk was one of the best players oh, on your team right. last that would year. Be their, that'd be their core shake. Yeah, would be we need to trade Krug. Yeah, that's gonna happen, guys. He's 100%. also barely part of the core yet. If Armstrong could acquire one of the following four players via trader free agency, who should it be? No surprise that Matthew Kachuk, 55% of the vote, St. Louis has owned. Uh, Gabe Landeskog, surprisingly, gets uh, 20% of the vote, with Jack Eichel just 16 and Dougie Hamilton just 9%, which is a shame because there are some great museums in this city. He would be able to delight and titillate himself as much as he pleased. He's going to go to Shed's Aquarium because he's going to be a Blackhawk. That's right. Who is the Blues' top player, 23 and under, currently on the roster? Jordan Kyrou, 61% of the vote. Robert Thomas, 35.5. And Clem Costin, a small sliver. And an other, I guess, Scott Perunovich, maybe? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, The Blues' top prospect not currently on the roster, Scott Perunovich, 70%, and Jake Neighbors, 13.3%. Joel Hofer, Colton Ellis, and Nikita Alexandrov all also got some votes. Your level of confidence in the Blues' amateur scouting staff led by Tony Feltrin. I think I put like threes in all these because I was like, what is this? I don't even know him. I Like, he's had one draft, so who knows. Uh, three was the majority, not just the plurality, and more than the plurality was above that as well. Oh, Jesus. Too late for all these words. What is your level of confidence in Boys Director of Player Development, Tim Taylor? 52%. I don't know what Tim Taylor does. I did see someone say, like, I'm super not confident because of all the injuries we always have. What's he doing with these players? Is that what he does? I don't know. Yeah, I genuinely, I have no idea what Tim. I should ask Jr. I should be like, hey, what's Tim Taylor do? What does this guy do? What does it mean to be a director of player development? That would be interesting. I'm gonna tweet him when he's back from vacation. We've got some pull in the community. Hey, Jr. When he's back from Pacific, bring bring you and. I'll be honest, when people talk, not that he's doing this, when uh, people are like, I'm going floating, I'm like, I, I think I'll just lay in bed. I think I'd rather die, yeah. <laughs> I, swear, I swear to God, I would rather just drink at home. Yeah. Alone. <laughs> I'm than not, go floating. I'm not like a party guy, but like, you gotta take me farther than that to like, just have a vacation where I'm just motionless. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I can be motionless in the Rocky Mountains, maybe, or like on the beach in Hawaii, but not in frickin' Potosi, Missouri. Uh, like, let's get on the river. I'm like, this muddy piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, this ain't a vacation. We're poor. <laughs> that's not an inner tube. That's a, that's a car tire. Yeah, dude. That daddy found at the dump. <laughs> Oh, God, no judgment if you floated. Yeah. I, but our cats would hate floating, and that's yeah. the majority of our listening audience. So uh, We'll get better, but seriously, don't go floating. All right, so tweet us if you want us to host the 2G1C float trip. Yeah, we'll, we'll do anything. We'll do it. We're trying to get better, we promise. <laughs> 
a live podcast from the Merrimack River. Oh, oh, oh Mike's floating too far. Hold on, hold on. Let's do some paddling. Oh, no, that's that's forbidden. Yeah, Can't do no, that. I need a lay motion. <laughs> Which player do you think the Blues will lose in the Seattle expansion draft? Vince Dunn, 64%. Ivan Barbashev, 16%. Sammy Bway, 11%. Nico Mikola, some percent. The people that voted other, which is some percent too, are definitely the people that are like, uh, they'll be taking Justin Falk when we yeah. don't protect him. <laughs> really, Huso or whatever, yeah. Sure, bro. Uh, would you protect Vladimir Tarasenko in the expansion draft? 53% said yes. Just 53%. I will say it's a tough decision, especially when you consider Seattle likely wouldn't take on Tarasenko because of his health concerns and having two years left on his contract, but as I wrote before, and I'll say it again, I do think the Blues can get some sort of return for the right winger, even if they have to retain some of his salary. That's so weird that it's like, uh, Seattle wouldn't want him, but they can trade him for something. (laughs) Weird. Uh, Do you think the Blues championship window is still open, and if so, for how long? Unsurprisingly, everybody said two years. Um, But the second biggest response was no. So good for good for you, Blues fans. But then why did half of you say Keith Jaden Ford? Because they're like, yeah, they'll fuck the window. (laughs) There will be no window. I'm a Blackhawks fan who spends my day voting on Jeremy Rutherford's fan polls. Um, I'd love if like what is this? How many responses? Sixteen hundred or so. Yeah. I wish like six hundred of them or some dude that was like, I just created six hundred email <laughs> accounts and with the savings of uh, th- you know all your fucking promo codes for the athletic. That's right. I only spent three hundred dollars to then fuck up this poll. <laughs> just to screw with you idiots. Uh, he did add, if I had to pick one or the other, I would say that the window's open. But I'd add that I'm surprised that nearly eighty percent of fans feel that way that's a lot more optimism than i expected when i sent out set out to do this store survey and that's the end of the survey fans feel mixed and i think that's the best po- that's that describes it yeah. i don't know what this team is and i don't know what to do about it right. the doug Armstrong <laughs> story <laughs> uh, that's so true i don't know he's got his work cut out for him man i don't envy that dude i mean it's his fault so i guess i do but like Whew, I, just could, I want it to be an exciting summer. I really do. Right. But what if it's just not? God. We did extend Tanner Kaspik. We forgot to mention that. And signed Keon Washkarak to a, a ELC. So, you oh, know. Boy. Yeah. Can I say something controversial? Sure. That's what people always <laughs> say before they say it. On hockey related. Simone Biles tweeted about um, Emo's, Emo's Pizza. Yeah. Right? Oh, sure. we're going to quiz on this. We're yeah, just yeah. going to have everybody hate us. Yeah, we're do we want to torch uh, Lion's Choice again after that? <laughs> God, yeah, we Let's roll it up together. <laughs> if Simona Biles had like? tweeted about Lion's Choice, we'd have to be on here like, you know what? Not that good a gymnast. Well, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. Fantastic gymnast. Greatest Great of all gym- time. Best. Best. You uh, be best. And she yeah. is best. That doesn't, <laughs> folks, that doesn't mean she knows what pizza is supposed to taste like. <laughs> okay? And I'll be, I wanted to tweet that, but I also didn't want people to, like, you know, throw our, our Twitter account into hell itself. So I was like, I don't I don't want to do that. But, like, you know, the, the chaos inside me was like, what if I just said that, you know, Simone Biles doesn't know what pizza tastes like. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And why would she? She's a, a great, she's a great gymnast. They can't be eating that crap, right? 
So, you know, maybe this is the first peach she's had in like 20 years. Um, and that's just my rip on emos. I don't even really hate emos. I just like to hate on emos because it's fun when people uh, tie their personality to a pizza. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's very funny and very appropriate. I was thinking about her. Can you imagine what it would be like to be widely proclaimed as the greatest human being to have ever done something right. and be 24? I know, right? That's crazy. She That's... was only 20 last time? Because yeah. I was like, oh, you've got to be like pretty old now, right? As 24 a is kind of old for a gymnast, <laughs> That's though. true. I mean, ridiculous to say that sentence, but it's true. I also, Ian, was at the newsstand today, as you are. I was in Deerberg's, and I walked past the newsstand that they still have for some reason. Yeah. And I saw that FaZe Clan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I wanted to just walk down that aisle and just right off the planet. <laughs> I saw that on, I must have seen that on Twitter or something. I was like, why mm-hmm. are people talking about this? Because esports are sports, too. They're not. They're, I mean, really they're, not. Not. they're not. They're competitive and they're, they're great. Cool. Oh, I man. like them, but they're not sports. Oh, watching, watching uh, Evo or whatever, the fighting game tournament they have in Vegas mm-hmm. uh, is dope. And it's like the most hype thing ever. But yeah, if you're going to tell me like this is the same thing as soccer, well, it's not. So that's yeah. fine. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, down with emos, down with Lion's Choice, up with Soul Taco. Yeah. If any of you haven't had Soul Taco, don't come at me with your takes then. Just, we're right. Much like the players poll, I read it to know who's right, who agrees with me, and who's wrong, you know? Uh, (laughs) She's a Whitaker's for life, baby. I don't have, you know, I do another tier list, but I don't have one pulled up. We gotta save the content for the people. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? I mean, we've we've hit 90 minutes for these cretins. Have a have a happy Fourth of July. Oh yeah! Celebrate safely. Come back with all your fingers, uh, unless you're a cat. And you don't have fingers, so it's okay. Do we want to do? Can we do a favorite, least favorite, overrated, underrated for Fourth of July? I don't know if there are enough. Topics. Are there enough things? I don't think like so. Like food, barbecue food. I don't even know. You know what? Well, I can do it. I can do it off the top of my head. Overrated. What do you... It's overrated, underrated, favorite, least least favorite, favorite, right? Yeah. Favorite, least favorite, I think. So what's overrated? Yeah. Overrated, like, 4th of July stuff? Uh, Float trips. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, yeah. Um, any place, any festival, like, any... Uh, I'll just keep it local. Fair St. Louis. Mm. It's awesome, but I don't want to go into a crowd of 100,000 people and have to walk a mile. You don't want to go down. That wasn't really worth... I'm just going to say it. That wasn't really worth it for the Stanley Cup Parade. And that was the best time in my life to ever do it. Mm. So I'm not going to do it to see friggin' Maroon 5 without the bassist play on like a barge floating down the Mississippi, but not floating fast enough to put them in any real jeopardy, which is what I'd want to watch. So <laughs> That's barge going too fast. That's right. Um, yeah, I was going to say like overrated. I think um, I think sparklers are overrated. Uh-huh. I mean, they're great. They're great for kids. They're awesome. But at any time, I'm handed like three sparklers. I'm kind of like I'll play. I'll pretend I'm Harry Potter for a quick moment, and then I'm just kind of over it. 
They're they're great. They're only good when you do the weird thing that I've seen people do where you tape like a hundred together and you light them mm-hmm. and then apparently they can't be near each other while they, yeah. and they explode. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, they're they're not they're not so great. And those poppers, we used to do poppers all the time uh-huh. as kids. It was also kind of boring unless you uh, make someone sit on them and think their ass exploded. <laughs> so I guess in that way they're fantastic. But for the most part, I was always kind of like, yeah, these are underwhelming. I've gotten underrated that I like. Yeah. Smoke bombs. Oh. I kind of like them. They throw them off. It's bright colors. It's, it's It feels very safe. You know, it feels less dangerous. I'm still a little antsy around <laughs> fireworks when you do them yourself, you know? Yeah. So I like the smoke bombs. I'm going to go with that. Uh, I like those little, what do they call those? Um, like snakes? You light yeah. them and they do the little, the little snakes. S- yeah. I get it. They're even lamer than sparklers. Yeah. And I think they're underrated because they're just, they're because just people, good. They're good fun and they look scary. People think sparklers are cool and snakes are better. Yeah. Um, I also get to feel like Harry Potter because I'm summoning a snake with my parcel tongue. What's your... Uh, oh, another underrated for me, uh, pasta salad. Good pasta salad can be real good. Yeah. What's your favorite 4th of July favorite thing? Um... I mean, fire fireworks are great, so yeah. that's lame. Um, Roman candles are great. I think shooting shit at people out of a Roman candle, you're not supposed to do it, but it's, <laughs> then you really, you feel like Harry Potter with a bazooka. <laughs> a little bazooka. You basically are. Uh, I like the big, uh, the weeping willow fireworks. Oh, you know, yeah. The big spread oh, out. Oh, where they're like, wow, it's still going. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And I'm a big fan. To me, like, 4th of July is in a way, like, the most relaxing holiday because there's, like, nothing on the line. Right. You know, like, even at, like, Easter or Christmas or Thanksgiving, it's like people expect meals, people expect this or that. 4th of July is just like, it's one big party, baby. Mm. So I like that. And you know what? I like freedom. So that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. Being free from tyranny. And your least favorite... Least favorite? Oh, I got one. Proud to be an American is terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible song. <laughs> I think I liked it as a kid, and the more I hear it, oh, so bad. I was blues related. I was a. At... And by the way, it's so bad that I just thought the only way to end this podcast is by playing that, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> or will I? You don't know. Uh, and even I don't know now. <laughs> I was like, I saw that guy, whoever sings that song, perform it live for a blues game because it was like, I don't know how many months after 9-11 happened and they were like doing a thing where they're like, hey, we're going to be super patriotic at games, more so than even singing the national anthem. We're going to have like a whole America is a great thing before the before the game even starts. And they had this dude at a game in St. Louis sing proud to be an american and my 11 year old self was really confused because like i knew what had happened but i didn't realize how this is going to affect the country and i was like so now this guy's just singing this shitty song okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, i guess you're helping yeah uh, i remember being like i don't understand because you're normally ready for the anthem you're like the flag's everywhere but this ain't the anthem and i'm mm-hmm. confused we got a new anthem nope um i was dumb uh under or least favorite man i think like if i'm if i'm going to like a barbecue i i do like salad and stuff generally speaking like if you have a good a good salad that matches like what kind of meat and shit Uh you're grilling but every so often there's like 
there's like a really bland ass like fruit salad that'll just be like oh, melons yeah like pieces of melon and they're like do you want this with your i'm like no i don't want this with fucking anything yeah that's the worst they're like it's not even cantaloupe it's fucking honeydew which yeah. is the green one i'm it's like just, just tastes water. like water baby water. watermelon tastes more like honeydew, something it's called watermelon honeydew is celery but with more sugar right. which is worse it's therefore <laughs> worse i'm always like fuck this i yeah. don't want this yeah, I like watermelon, but even that has to be like the right consistency oh, yeah. and not spicy, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think that's a good call. I think we've done well for an impromptu one. Yeah. So, you know, good. The folks got more content. What could they possibly want other than that? So, folks, happy Fourth of July, happy Canada Day. I mean, less happy Canada Day. Who cares? They... What are you even celebrating? Right. That you exist. <laughs> You're just like, well, they get a holiday. Shouldn't right. we get one? Was, you did that. You literally did that with Thanksgiving. We're on to you. Canada Day may be a it. different thing, but you literally did that with Thanksgiving. They should have to call Canadian Thanksgiving in Canada Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes, I agree they 100%. American Thanksgiving as just Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, it celebrates the anniversary of Con- Canadian Confederation in 1867. Was it on July 1st? So we had just wrapped up the Civil War, and these people were like, I guess we'll be a country, whatever, you know? Yeah. And if you're not a country, look what fucking happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. They had a confederacy. That worked pretty well, so let's confederate <laughs> ourselves. I like that word. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's just another rip-off holiday from a rip-off bullshit country that's about to lose their own Stanley Cup to the Americans again because we're better. So screw you. <laughs> screw Canada. Screw, that's you the, know, that's the real America. publicly accessible health care and your gorgeous prime minister and go america usa ron swanson stars and stripes bald eagles and i don't know you know Apple pie, uh, <laughs> cheeseburgers. I was gonna. I was literally gonna say obesity. <laughs> uh you know folks y'all have a great night have a great weekend enjoy the fourth we'll talk real soon enjoy